Welcome to Giant Cocktails, a podcast where lifelong Giants fans talk about the San Francisco Giants while drinking homemade cocktails. And now, here's your hosts, Ben and Matthew Henry. Episode of Giant Cocktails Playoff Edition. Thank you for that wonderful intro, Bob. I am Ben Henry, and I am here with my brother, Captain Emeritus, esteemed National League West Division champion, and right-hander in the San Francisco Giants bullpen, Matthew. Matthew. Yes. Do you prefer winning game one of an NLDS and then losing the next game? Or do you prefer losing the first game and then winning the next game? <laughs> oh, man. Um, if you had asked me that yesterday, I said win it baby uh because i was feeling so good but now um the way i'm feeling oh uh you know i i could i just say i'd rather win both because that's how i'm really feeling I, I if i had to choose you know i think winning the first one was important but uh yeah um yeah. but i it doesn't feel that way right now <laughs> <laughs> i would i would expect an optimist of you to say can't i say win both even though we live in a scenario where that's not possible. <laughs> yes, I would. Yeah, uh, uh, obviously. Obviously. Uh, well, but anyway, uh, hello, everybody. It, today's not Monday. It's not late around 4 p.m. on a Monday. And yet here we are in your ear holes. Today is Saturday, October 9th. As we record this podcast... The Giants have just finished Game 2 of their National League Division Series with the evil and hated Los Angeles Dodgers, finishing the two games set 1-1 one and one before they travel to Los Angeles tomorrow. And that's why we're here early. Because as we told you last week, uh, I don't remember this, but I did hear it later when I listened to the uh, 107 shots heard around the world. Uh, podcast that that we are actually recording um, at the uh, the day before every off day. I did not know that until I listened to the podcast today. <laughs> well, it's a good thing you listened to it before we actually had to record. Otherwise, it would have been a, it would have been a lonely podcast. <laughs> yeah, no, that's not entirely true. I do remember agreeing to that before we recorded the show. But I, yes, um, having drank one all one hundred and seven of those shots last week, I, I don't remember much. I don't remember much, but. Uh, nonetheless, that is what's happening, and that is what has happened. Um, the San Francisco Giants, I think, are probably in a right kind of where we wouldn't, you know, most of the world would have expected them to be. I think probably some people thought they were going to be down 0-2 at this point. Yeah. Right? On the way to coronating the, um, the, 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 the kings of baseball, or as I like to call them, overrated, arrogant pieces of glitter. <laughs> that was a great tweet, by the way. A tweet I also don't remember making. I was in Las Vegas. <laughs> Sue me. 
uh, <laughs> for business, no less. Anyway, but before we get into all of that, there is a little bit of a ritual that we have to do. We're going to speed through it, folks, because this is a playoffs edition. And let's face it, the only reason we're here is, is because the baseball gods dictated it to be so. So we're going we're gonna to quickly get through this next question. Bob, hit one of us with the question. What are you drinking, Matthew? Well, Bob, I actually have uh, returned to my roots. I am uh, doing a riff on a margarita. It's not a traditional margarita, though. It's uh, a margarita called a Tommy's margarita. And uh, the, the difference between a Tommy's margarita and a regular margarita is, is uh, triple sec. Uh, in a Tommy's margarita, you omit the triple sec. So this one is just two ounces of Blanco tequila. It's got a uh, half an ounce, uh, no, a full ounce of lime juice and a half ounce of agave syrup. And that's it. So you're not getting the, the citrus as much, but you are certainly still getting that tequila and uh, margarita flavor. And I actually really like it as an alternative sometimes to a margarita. And it's also a lot quicker to make. Uh, it, it's uh, pretty easy to just dump into a shaker and shake it up and and, and drink. And I'm on my, my second one, you know, um, right now because, you know, I, I felt like I needed one after the Giants started, were, I think, down nine to two at the time I made my first one. So, Anyway, that is what I am drinking. Uh, ben, what are you drinking? Well, Matthew, we're not even 10 minutes into the podcast, and you've already upset me on multiple levels. First of all, that's not a margarita. I don't know what, you know, that's just a, that's just a tequila lime sour. Um, uh, second of all, uh, that's diet food. That's, that's what people who don't want calories in their margaritas drink. I didn't think of it that way. I just thought of it as a nice little alternative, quick and easy to you make. Removed, you removed the orange. Yeah. Yeah. But you know what? A lot of a lot of bars make them that way. You know? Uh, it's, it's not uncommon. I'm, I'm sorry, folks. We're all about adding the orange here on giant <laughs> cocktails. And on that note, I'm drinking a cocktail that has no orange in it. <laughs> but you know what it does have? It does have a very unhealthy. Don't do this at folks at home, folks. Uh, you know, it, 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 you know who knows what might happen to you if you put a raw egg white into your cocktail. But that is certainly what I did in my cocktail tonight. I am drinking a fancy whiskey sour, and it's fancy because I thought that very well represented how the Giants played in Game One, and it's sour. Because that's how I felt after game two. Well, let's face it. That's how I felt it right around the time where Dominic Leone decided to um, look like a replacement uh, bullpen guy. Um, and uh, yeah, I thought that fairly represented my feelings. But I also want to show you, Matthew, look at that. Look at that frothy foam over my cherries there. That is you know frothy. Wow. Yeah. Do you know how many cherries there are in there? I, I think there's three. There's three Luxardo cherries in here. That's like each one of those costs like a dollar. <laughs> Big spender. Yeah, yeah, and uh, that's that's almost enough to make me happy, no matter what I'm doing. <laughs> so anyway, that is what I'm drinking. All right, a, um, a fancy whiskey fancy sour that could you know shower. you could end up dead after. So that's mm -hmm. you know that's. I mean, I mean the chances I are remote. Pose, I could a little bit sick maybe. I mean, I mean it's the same as eating raw cookie dough, and we all do that, right? So. <laughs> we do. We do. In the middle of the night. When we're feeling extra lonely. 
or extra sorrowful that the Giants have lost a crucial game. That too. That too. Might be, I, I might. I'm to go check. Do I have any cookies? I know. Now I'm wondering the same. <laughs> <laughs> All right, but that's enough about cocktails. Yeah. So we that's have some catching up cocktails. to do, right? We have some catching up a little bit before we get into the the, the games themselves. Uh, I know when we last left off. We were uh, speculating on what the bullpen would look like, and uh, uh-huh. I, I think you and I had both uh, hoped that Latell, Zach Latell, would not be on the postseason roster, and instead yep. it would be Cueto. But alas, Zach Latell did make the play uh, the postseason roster, and yep. uh, tonight maybe proved us right a little bit. Um, uh, maybe, maybe he did. <laughs> Uh, I think he did. I'm maybe, just going to say he maybe. proved us right. <laughs> yeah, thank you. Thank you. I think he definitely proved us right. But uh, we'll, we'll talk about that a, a little bit later. I, I do think, you know, I think the, the main the main implication there, I think what really stuck out to me about that particular move, and, and I think specifically it wasn't so much going with Littell, but it was not going with Cueto. I, I think what they, they, they were making a statement was is that if we get into a situation where we need to take one of our starters out early, and by early I mean like second inning early, right? then we are absolutely going to attack that aggressively by just expending our bullpen. Yeah. And, and we're going to continue to go arm to arm to arm and... And we're really not going. It's nine innings or bust. I think at that point, and and that might make sense because if you think about it, the chance, the reason that you're probably doing that is because you're losing. Right. Right. So I I do see some logic to that maneuver. Yeah, and I think and, the, the other logical part of that is that there's off days built into the five game series. Yes, so yeah, you know, they're only playing two games and you get a rest. Two games you get a rest. So they really you know they could burn through all eight they guys could. and they could they could burn through all eight guys, use them all again the next day, and then and then have an off day. You're absolutely right. And they because they won the division, they had a super long you know like they had uh, you know six days off or yeah. five days off yeah. five. Full off days, yeah. right? Yeah. And uh and so I think that was kind of the logic there. It, it also means that they're probably going to be burning their bench a lot in those scenarios as well, right? Because the downside to playing in the National League, and, and one of the reasons I think that Gabe Kapler likes to pinch hit so much, especially and use his pitchers so early, is to get away from your pitcher hitting. And uh, and and I think when you're in that scenario where you're down by a significant margin early, you're gonna not want too many pitchers appearing at the plate. Um, it's not a great situation to be in, but I do see how when you are in it, um, that 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 sort of approach might be the most aggressive approach to trying to get yourself digging yourself out of that hole. And I like that they prepared for it. Yeah, I do think it exposed. You know, you know, so I, I don't have I don't question, I think, the strategy behind it. I think I question the personnel. Right. I, I think is really is really what what I question in that particular maneuver. But, you know, um, uh, just to just to you know give them the benefit of the doubt, I think that's probably what they were going for. Right. And I and, and I, you know, it just one thing that kind of struck me uh, was Cueto getting left off the postseason roster. You know, maybe we've seen the last of Cueto in a Giants uniform, and you know he didn't really get a you know kind of a send off. It would, I mean, he's been you know kind of a stalwart of the Giants for the last several years, and 
know, we may not see him again in a Giants uniform. And, and you know, that, that was a little kind of like sad almost. Um, you know, I think some people, you know, were ready for Quato to move on and, and, you know, and that's probably what needs to happen. Uh, but, but still, he's been a, a great part of the Giants organization for so long and uh, really, uh, you know, I think was a valuable fifth starter for us this year. So I, you know, I think that, uh, you know, when he was healthy, but I, I think we'll definitely miss him uh, and his personality, at least, you know, going forward. Uh, no more shimmy. No more shimmy shakes. Yeah. Well, I, he, he definitely was a huge part of the of the clubhouse culture. Yeah, that's for sure. Uh, I, I think I somebody heard heard somebody say that he's always the DJ. <laughs> he's always in control of the music after the game. Interesting. I didn't hear that. Um, I, I thought I thought DJ B. Craw, B.C. Ra was, uh, you know, some of the music guy there. But I don't know. think he's legitimately a DJ. Oh, okay. I think that's just his I think that's just <laughs> a joke moniker. I don't know. I've never investigated that fully, but we'll have to get uh, on but, that. We'll have to get on that. Uh, yeah. So, um, so yeah, yeah, I agree with you though. I do, I do think it's a, it's a little bit sad. It's the end of an era. I think, I think he represents though a lot of what might have been out of the last uh, regime, right? Because I think it was their last yeah. push. Like he and Samarja coming over, yeah, um, sort of represented that last attempt to, to, uh, to keep the core together and make one last run, and 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 they were really not the same team. Um, Lo and behold, it, you know, I guess those guys would have worked. So, so maybe different personnel, different, you know, different people. But it, it really is interesting in retrospect now to compare those two those two eras uh, side by side. <laughs> yeah. um, but, but you know, I, I do think in many ways he was a transitional figure, and I think he he definitely will be missed. And he was an important part of the the team this year. He was he was a big he was a very very good fifth starter. I think is what he just ended up being. Yeah. The way he rep, you know that what he was to the team overall for the whole season and um yeah i think he's going to be missed that being said i'm not sure we have seen the last of him well that's true because I, you know, he, I mean, if, if we make it past the five you know this five game series then maybe he has more value in a seven game series right and if people certain people keep performing the way they have been <laughs> and you know have been for a while uh and other people come to their senses maybe we'll see yeah. um him back on the roster yeah i think the other uh, side of, of of just having uh the 12-man pitching staff because they went with eight relievers the four starters uh was that means a 14-man uh bench or offense you know so you've got six guys on the bench and to your point when you're talking about kapler liking to pinch hit and move things around this really does give him the flexibility to 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 do that uh you know so both duggar and dickerson made made the team i think we were wondering if both left-handers would 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 yeah. make the team both of them have done it uh both of them made it haven't really made an impact in the first two games uh but they are they're there so um you know tyro estrada was the odd man out no 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 backup to to brandon crawford uh but you know he's gonna play every inning anyway so maybe it doesn't yeah. really matter yeah no backup needed yeah um yeah i mean i think if brandon's not out there then it's a disaster. Although I do, I mean, there are injury uh, replacements. Again, I don't remember what the rule is, but if, if Crawford were to go down with a serious injury, I do believe they could make a change. I think they are allowed to make a change, but I don't know what that means about Brandon Crawford's status overall for the remainder of the playoffs. Yeah. Um, I think it would have to be a season ending type thing. Yeah. I think there are some caveats to that, to that kind of maneuver, but, but it is, it's not like the giants would be completely without an able, um, and a regular shortstop if, if something horrible were to happen to Brandon Crawford. Yeah, yeah. I think if something horrible were to happen to Brandon Crawford, though, I think we all recognize that would seriously hurt their chances uh, of, of advancing. But 
but you know, like this team is extremely resilient. So, so maybe it wouldn't, but, um, yeah, I mean, so I, you know, that's, uh, that's the Giants roster. I, I think, I think one of the things that I really noticed when I was watching the Dodgers play in that, uh, Cardinals wildcard game quite gleefully, uh, and watching them go into almost make it to extra innings in a do or die game. I, I, I think I even, um, made a, a, a little tweet about that situation, <laughs> uh, reminding them how they got there. Uh, I I what I in what I noticed is that it really feels like they were really really missing Max Muncie mm-hmm. a lot. And I know certainly the press and the media have made a big deal out of it. I mean they keep talking about it over and over and over again. Uh which kind of surprised me a little bit, but then you know I was looking at the lineup and and the, the people that 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 um Dave Roberts put out there even for game one against the Giants here, and they are relying on Cody Bellinger a lot, and Cody Bellinger has a worse batting average than um uh Urias does, <laughs> yeah. I mean, you know, he was he batted 165 for the whole season. I knew the guy was having a tank year, but I didn't realize it was like career ending bad. Um, yeah, you know, that if he has another 165 year, I don't see how he could possibly stay in in the bigs. But, you know, uh so anyway, I mean, the, the in a lot of ways the the Dodgers roster is starting to look a little thin. You know, and I thought the same thing. I mean, looking at their their six, seven, eight hitters uh, in game one, especially, you know, I think it was Pollock, Bellinger and Beattie and they went like 0 for 12 or something like that. And it really kind of stood out that that was their weak, their weak uh, link there. Uh, but then today's game, I think uh, the seven, eight, nine, six, seven, eight, nine spots, I think produced almost all of their runs. So you know, who knows, right? I mean, I mean, yeah, Be- Beatty uh, sat and uh, they moved Bellinger to first. And then they uh, they put, uh, um, I'm forgetting his name. Oh, uh, Chris Taylor, you know, in, mm-hmm. in center. And uh, that seemed to be a much better lineup, you know, for them. Right, right. I, I, I mean, I just find it really interesting that they feel like they have to have Bellinger on the field. Yeah. Because they're not deep enough at center field or first base to have other people in those locations. Right, he's their best option, which is which is a 165 hitter is their best right. option. Right. Well, he's there for defensive reasons, right? He's not their best offense. He's not their best option offensively, but they believe his defense, the defense of whoever else is going to be playing in those places is so bad that they would rather have <laughs> Bellinger there. Of course, we were at the I game would... where Bellinger mailed a ball uh, you know, into uh into Sonoma County uh from, you know, with that that cost the Giants uh, or the Dodgers a win. I thought that was Turner that threw that ball. No, I think it was it was Bellinger. I'm he was... pretty sure it was Turner, but but maybe you're right. Oh no, he was trying to throw it to Turner. Yes, Turner was a third. He was trying to throw it to. Yeah, yes. yeah, yeah. You're right. You're right. You're right. I believe that was Bellinger. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I mean, right. But but I I mean, honestly, I think Chris Taylor should play every game. I, I yeah. Why wouldn't he? Right? I, mean, I mean, he looks. You so know, good. I mean, obviously, obviously, Bellinger had the big hit today and and whatever. But I don't think that overall, you know, absolves all of the bad appearances that he's had at the plate, even in this series so far. I I think Bellinger. It just I just I wonder if he should even be on the roster, quite honestly. But the fact of the matter is they don't have anybody else that 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 they could put in there instead. Right. So so I really do think that they have some holes in their roster. I, I do not think that they are the world beaters that everybody is making them out to be. 
Um, don't get me wrong, they're obviously still very, very good, and, and obviously they could still win this series, and I think win the World Series, obviously. But but I do think that there are significant significant gaps there. That being said, I, I, I know nobody really knows who A.J. Pollock is, but he's actually a pretty good player. Yeah. I mean, Matt Beatty, no. <laughs> Not good. Uh, but Pollock is 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 a decent player. And um, yeah, in fact, yeah, I mean, I, I would I mean, he's probably comparable to Chris Bryant at this point this year. Right. And I, you know, like, yes. Would I rather face him than Mookie Betts or Justin Turner or Seager? Uh, Will Smith? Yeah, I would definitely rather face Pollock. But but, you know, I mean, he's um so therefore he does hit near the bottom of their order, but he's still a very good player. So I, I don't, um, but I really do think the Bellinger Beatty thing is, is an interesting, uh, situation. And I really do think they should play Turner uh, Taylor every day. Yeah. We'll yeah, find out, I, right? We'll see what they, yeah, we'll, we'll find have. out. Yeah. I think, I think we will find out. Um, of course, I mean, if, Bellinger... if Wood starts on, uh, on, on Tuesday, then you got a left-hander. So then that might change things a little bit as well, but, uh, I guess we'll see. I guess we'll see. Yeah. I mean, I don't know what Bellinger splits are, but you know, yeah, but yeah, I guess we'll see. Well, on that note, uh, I mean, should we recap the Giants and Dodgers and, and relive well, all of the good things <laughs> that happened during the regular season, Matthew? Well, I, I think do, I, I think, do you think people are listening and like, hey, yeah. hey, we all know about that crap. Yeah, yeah. No, Let's I, move on, I, boys. I, I think the uh, the one thing that kind of stands out to me is that the national media is just catching up to this rivalry, right? And uh, and so it's. <laughs> Yeah, they, they keep they keep saying how like the I mean I don't know the underlying tone of every announcer seems to be that the 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 Dodgers are these world beaters and the Giants you know are lucky to be there and you know I was just yes. I was ruminating on that the other day and I was thinking you know the Giants finished one game ahead of them uh, you know in the in the standings uh, they beat them head to head by one game which means mm-hmm. that they played all the other common opponents exactly the same. Yes. And mm-hmm. and so to me it's just you know it's interesting that the Dodgers uh you know the I think when you look at their head to head the Dodgers scored two more runs in the regular season uh against the Giants you know yeah. uh so just such equally talented teams uh, and yet no one is giving them the uh, the benefit of of anything at this well, point. Well, I mean I think I think you 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 I think there's a couple interesting things that you just said there. I, I think one of the reasons why it seems like the national media is just catching up to the whole rivalry aspect of it when they really should have been talking about it for the last month as these two teams were battling for the division title is exactly that. I think a lot of people just assumed that the Dodgers were better and were going to roar past the Giants. I believe that's because most people didn't watch the Giants play every day. All they did was go look at the box score and then they would look at the Giants stats overall. And what they didn't see when they looked at the Giants stats was a superstar. No superstars on the on the, on the offensive side of the ball. Right. No superstars were jumping off the stat sheet. And and so a lot of people just didn't understand why the Giants were good and because they weren't watching every game, they didn't understand that it was because like well every single one of their players is equally good. And that means that overall, the chances of them having a um, the, the 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 result that they want during at any given point in time is higher, right? It's not so choppy. Yeah. 
statistically speaking. I, I think in a lot of ways, the Giants roster might represent what a lot of teams try to do more of in the future, which is to have more even production throughout the lineup. Like, obviously, you want to have superstars, but you don't want to have superstars to the detriment of somewhere else in your lineup. And and I think the Giants uh, had showed or played a new kind of baseball, a new kind of roster that a lot of the media just didn't understand. Yeah. And so that's why I think they overlooked the rivalry because they're like, oh, the Dodgers are just going to blow by them. It's over. Like, this is this is there's no there's nothing here. So by the time they finally caught up and they're like, oh, wow, they're still here. Then it's all about the rivalry and, hey, the Giants and Dodgers and the Giants are this big surprise. They're the upstarts and they're not nearly as good. But isn't it great how well they played, even though they're a stinky group of old men? And that's the storyline that the rest of America is now hearing for the first time. Yeah. You know, I mean, the rest of America doesn't know who Logan Webb is. Right. Or the rest of America certainly has no idea who Camilo Doval is. Certainly. Yeah. Yeah. Well, and, and speaking of Webb, I mean, you know, he got the start. In game one, and it could have been Gosman because they both had enough rest to to be the game one starter, and obviously Webb was the right choice uh, as we've seen. And man, was he dominating! And and he really evoked you know feelings of Kane and Lincecum and Bumgardner and Sanchez of you know the 2010-2012 teams where you know there's just all of a sudden the pitching just shows up and dominates and Logan Webb 7 and 2 third innings 10 Ks 5 hits no walks in his first postseason start just absolutely dominated and it was uh it was really fun to see, and I just I can only think about how how this kid's going to be, you know, uh, part of our, our our rotation for so many more years. It's it's really exciting to to, to see that he's going to be our ace, and he is already. There's no doubt, right? There's no doubt that this has been a progression from spring training until now, with very few. Setbacks. I mean, the only setback was his his shoulder tightness that he had in in July or August, right? Yeah, yeah. And that was a, an injury setback. And don't get me wrong, that is often the most common reason that that pitchers have setbacks is because of injury. But but what we didn't see was a setback in terms of performance. It wasn't like he was just a flash in the pan. This is not a flash in the pan. And what I really really loved about his performance yesterday was two things. First, obviously, was his poise, right? His ability to go out there and perform the same way that he had performed in a situation where he knew that the whole world was watching, right? Yeah. Everybody who cares about baseball was watching that game yesterday, and he absolutely rose to the occasion. And he did say that he was experiencing some nerves, I think, in the post-game interview. Sure. I think he said that the first two pitches, he, he was like all over the place. But then, uh, strangely enough, the the, the single kind of just calmed him down. And um, so that's the first thing that I loved about it was just his poise. I think what I, what I think was more remarkable, though, was how he beat the Dodgers. Because he's they've seen him a lot this year, right? Yeah. They know Logan Webb. But that was not a Logan Webb that they had seen before. And and I think a large part of it was Buster Posey. And, and I think he said that. Um, it, it, but it, it sounded like that the way they attacked the Dodgers was not necessarily the game plan going in. 
it was it was let every at bat sort of tell its own story and will just throw the pitches to the situation. And what Buster was calling was a lot of that changeup and a lot of the off-speed stuff and just down in the zone. You know, he was able to put every single one of his off-speed pitches in the lower half of the strike zone and taking advantage of the Dodgers' attempts to actually, you know, to ambush him. Because I'm sure that's like, oh, we're going to go get this kid. We're going to get him early. We're going to blow him away. We're going to hammer the ball out of the park and he'll be gone in two and a half innings. Um. They were still trying to do that, you know, into the seventh. Yeah. And uh, and that was what was really magical. I mean, 10 strikeouts from Logan Webb. Are you kidding me? Yeah. Well, and and on top of that, we talked about keeping the, the ball uh, low in the strike zone. And he, he only had two fly ball outs, uh, you know, 10 ground, 10 ground ball outs, only two fly ball outs in his entire and seven and two third innings. Right. You know, right. so he was he was. Uh, you know, putting the ball where it needed to be and, uh, you know, pretty amazing. And you talk about his, you know, he's the same web in this game that we've seen. Yeah, he has 21 consecutive starts without a loss, which is second all time. Uh, it's a second all time to, um, you know, to, to was a Hubble or something like that from like the New York Giants. Second all time for Giants. Yeah. And, and so, yeah, I mean, he's just... Uh, I'm just amazed by him, and and you know, yes, he's he's had some success against the Giant or the Dodgers this year. Uh, you know, he is. Uh, th- you know, the Giants have actually won every game that Logan Webb has started against the Dodgers this year. So he has risen to the occasion every time they face the Dodgers. Uh, he has uh, he lowered his ERA against the Dodgers on Friday to one point five two. He has a one point mm-hmm. oh, and four starts, and uh, so that I mean that I, I think you know which bodes well if there's a game five, right? I, I think right. that uh, you know we will. No, I mean absolutely it. bodes well, and I'm so so glad they made the right choice and they had him start game one. Yeah, right. Because yes, I think if we do go to a game five, advantage Giants. Yeah. Right. And so, you know, it's it I think it just puts so much more pressure on the Dodgers now. Now that we're tied one one, they have to win out in L.A. I don't think they want to come back with Walker Bueller, who now the Giants have solved two times in a row and has not had a dominating start in a while. Yeah, I think I think they're in serious trouble if they go to game five. Like, I don't think the Dodgers want to play a game five. I mean, nobody wants to play a game five if they can get it done before that, obviously. But I think here we are at one and one. And I think the point is that the Dodgers have got to take both games in Chavez Ravine or they're going to be the underdog going into that game. Whether the rest of America believes it or not, you know, whatever. The rest of America believes a lot of weird things (laughs) these days. And so, you know, I I, I think... uh, you know, I, I think uh, I think it, it demonstrates absolutely that the Giants are in a great position, but not only for this year, but for many years to come with with Logan Webb. Yeah. Well, and yeah, Logan Webb wasn't the only star of the game. Uh, you know, we had uh, no. uh, Buster Posey leading off the well, not leading off the game, but his first at bat in the first inning, almost getting a splash hit. And, and and it was kind of funny. He was kind of pissed off that he didn't get yeah. it. Yeah. He was taken away by a technicality. Yes. Well, you know that damn pole, uh, damn that damn, damn call, call him. You know, if a fan had caught it, it wouldn't have been a splash hit either. Um, yeah. No. I mean, there were plenty of stars, but I, I do think I want to kind of just take a step back a little bit before we before we dive in any of the stars and just talk about the overall feeling of that game, which I mean, obviously it, it came out of of Logan Webb. But what I really just loved about the game overall, you know, was the fact that it just felt it was a pure 
Giants, 2021 Giants showing, right? It was great pitching, great uh, defense, and, I mean, they did make some two errors, but they were kind of not, they didn't impact the game in any way, but they had some really flashy defense. Yeah. And, and they hit the ball out of the ballpark. And they won that game in dominating fashion, the way that the Giants won so many of their games this year. I think it was a perfect showing in game one of what this team looks like when it's at its best. Yeah. And and that's really, really what I loved about that game. It was so much fun to watch. It was so enjoyable. And to do that in game one against your arch rivals, the first time you're ever playing in the official playoffs... It was so satisfying to have them come out and make that performance. And yes, absolutely, Buster's home run set the tone, and and uh, and it was who who else who else should it have been really? Right. I mean, absolutely, <laughs> had to be Buster. It had to be. <laughs> well, the real captain, please stand up. <laughs> yeah, and you know, and 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 it was those two runs were all all that Webb needed, you know, and and the Giants needed. But you know, seeing Chris Bryant heat up was good. You know, he went over four on Sunday or on Saturday, but you know, seeing him go three for three with a home run, you know, uh, made a really good defensive play on on in game two. But you know, just yeah. I think we need to see him be a bigger part of the offense and so it was good to see him come through on on friday night's game uh you know brandon crawford hitting the home run it's good to see him getting some recognition on the national stage it's good to hear the announcers talking about how he is a legitimate mvp candidate uh we hadn't heard a whole lot of that you know uh, i think we've heard it locally and within our own kind of giants uh, sphere but uh, you don't really hear him on the national uh conversation so it's good to hear him being mentioned in that respect and just to see that that defense you know that that double play by estella and crawford i gotta admit i I saw that and and my mouth just dropped. I mean, it was it was it was beautiful. I mean, I I don't have another word for it. It was uh, I I don't. I mean, it was just amazing. I mean, if you I watched I watched that highlight more than any other highlight uh, uh, on, on on Friday. I mean, I watched it over and over again. It was just so beautiful the way Estella Estella ranged to his his right. You know, on the other, on the shortstop side, a second base gloves it and just flips it backwards over over Brandon Crawford's head to lead him towards the bag was just uh, an amazing you know, uh, you know, play. Uh, yeah, no, I mean, without a doubt, that was one of the all-time great defensive plays in Giants playoff history. I, it it was in many ways as flashy as as the Joe Panic uh, double play. Yeah, in, in the World in Game Seven of the World Series. Yeah. Um, I mean, the only problem is, is that that was game seven of the World <laughs> Series, and and this was you know game game one of of the division series. So obviously, we'll never come quite compare. But it was a great play, and it was, it it was so, I think unexpected, right in that moment. And I think that's because I think Giants fans just have not had a great opportunity to get to know Tommy Listella. He's like that guy that everybody keeps talking about that you you always say like, hey, who's this guy they keep talking about? I I, I never see him do anything. Like he's Godot. 
right? It's like he's that guy that everybody, all the other characters in the play are waiting for to show up. That is in many ways have been Tommy LaStella in uh, this season of the San Francisco Giants. And yes, he actually did play in 77 games, believe it or not. And um, But in many ways, it was sort of like, hey, there he is. That's the guy. Uh, and it was so it was so nice to see him um, to make that contribution. Um, he was actually my dark horse pick, I think, a little bit a while ago when when uh, we were on a different podcast, uh, Genuine Draft with with uh, our friend Roe. He mentioned he asked me, you know, who do you think the Giants playoff hero will be? And I said, Tommy Listella, <laughs> just because I thought, you know, I mean, some obscure guy a, that nobody knows, some obscure right? choice and nobody knows. And um, and, you know, hey, 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 already off to a good start, if I do say so myself. <laughs> Well, I got to say, too, that I think you might be the first person in the history of baseball podcasting to reference Waiting for Godot, you know, a uh, Samuel Beckett play uh, while, while while talking about baseball. So good on you for that as well. If you don't know who that is, kids, go do a little bit of reading. Uh, you know, uh, I don't be- I believe a lot of people got that reference, even the Gen Zers and the Gen Xers. Uh, sorry, the Gen, uh, the millennials and the Gen Zers who are listening to our show. I believe a lot of them got that reference. I don't believe all they do is watch YouTube. No, no, they're definitely reading the greatest American player. I, right? I believe. I, mean, I believe. Yeah. I believe. All right. I believe. <laughs> I'm, I'm but you know go. who else I also believe in, Matthew? Camilo Duvall? Yes. Camilo Duvall. You know, that is. Camilo Duvall is one of the things that I love the most about you and me deciding to do this podcast. Because without you and I doing this podcast, we would not be nearly as invested in the roster (laughs) manipulations and maneuvers that happen uh, on this organ at this on this Uh, organization. Yeah, you're right. I keep I keep going back onto our you know preseason days and looking at the forty man roster and just. Just putting a little check mark against Camilo Duvall as the guy that was saved from because of the forty uh, the, the the rule five the draft. rule five draft and and yeah. that was that was what oh he's not going to be ready for he's only twenty one or whatever he's not going to be ready for a while so he's just there. But he had to be there because he was on the forty man roster and we knew this bullpen wasn't very good and when they started the carousel which we said they had to do in spring training and then they started doing it he was one of those guys yeah. And he came up, and we were like, a hundred and how many? What did that? The clock said a hundred. The clock's broken. I was like, I, I, I called out to the, I called out to myself, honey. <laughs> the radar gun's broken. The radar gun's broken. Because <laughs> no giant throws that fast. Uh, granted, he had no idea where it was going. No, he did not. And and he didn't really seem to like it very much, because you know he just was always throwing a slider, because uh, he could throw strikes with his slider. But uh, but yeah, just watching his progression throughout the year, as as small as each of his stints were, I knew every time he came up, and I was excited to watch him come into the game because I wanted to see where he was, right? And and you know the guy that showed up in late August and September, and then again in September was. A complete revelation, but you could absolutely see the path, right? You could see the yeah, path that yeah. he had taken from those first games against the Marlins all the way to uh, those games against the Dodgers and that game yesterday 
where, you know, they asked him to come in and finish the game, and I thought it was a perfect moment for him. And that's a reason why I like the Giants winning game one, by the way. I know you asked you that question all the way at the beginning of the show. Yeah. Because it really gave them an opportunity to let him finish a game with a four-run lead. Yeah. With Jake McGee there waiting in the wings, right? It was a perfect scenario. They went they went Webb, Rogers, Doval. You had the rest of the bullpen there to back him up if he needed it, and he didn't need it at all. Nine pitches. Nine pitches. I mean, it was beautiful. It was beautiful to see. And I, you know, wow. Yeah. I, game one was was an absolute treasure of a game. Yeah. It was everything that we had hoped for as as Giants fans. Uh, and um, if they could only all be that way. <laughs> well, I, before we go on to our game two, uh, you know, I think that Camilo, you know, the one thing that we learned uh, even over even after Saturday's game is that Camilo is the closer. Oh yeah, Camilo's a closer. And yep. and so, uh, you know, McGee actually came in today on Saturday's game, obviously in a non-save situation, uh, pitched well. Uh, but um, you know, there's, uh, yeah, but Camilo is definitely the closer, and and needs to be. I mean, he is. Yeah. He needs to be the guy. And uh, so that was that was exciting to see. And I think that's a new chapter for the Giants in terms of you know they've definitely again, got a new again. closer. I would like to congratulate you and myself or the Giants organization for recognizing that the other one was right when they made that choice because a lot of people thought that was not the right thing to do. <laughs> um, I thought it was, I mean, you, we, you know how I felt about Jake McGee in the closers role, especially as we went into the playoffs, right? Yes. You know how I felt about that, which was not good. <laughs> I did not, I did not like that, that closer position. And it's not to say that Camilo won't get into trouble. I mean, every closer eventually does get into trouble. But, you know, I also remember uh, that Rodriguez kid from 2002 um, <laughs> in the uh, um, a, uh, in the uh, yeah the World Series and, and all of the AL playoffs for the Angels. Yeah. And uh, he had an up and down career, but he was pretty great in that one. That Magical run, period. right? Never. I, what I, did he make his major league debut in the in the playoffs? So, I don't think so. Oh, okay, but, but something like I think that. He, he was... showed up in September. Okay, yeah. I think Felix Rodriguez showed up in September, and um, was that his name? I yes, you're right. Name. Yeah, Felix Rodriguez. Felix Rodriguez. Yeah, he showed up in September, and uh, he was only able to make it on because of injuries. He was only because like, normally, if you're not on the forty man roster by that point, you can't play in the playoffs. But because they had so many injuries, he was able to sneak in, and um, and uh, yeah, so that could be Camilo Doval. Uh, and, uh, you know, and I, I commend, I commend you and I for, for making that call. Uh, unlike a lot of pundits out there. I think you and I should become pundits, Matthew. How do we do that? I, I, how do we I become pundits? How do you become a pundit? You just I, keep, you just keep talking lots and lots. I think that's what it is. I, 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 I've done some investigating and I think what it is, is you just keep running your mouth <laughs> and you and me, we're both really good at running our mouths. So I think... If we just keep running our mouths about the Giants, we will eventually become baseball pundits. Okay. Well, then we're all, well on our way. Well on our way. Well on our way. I mean, we've always been running our mouths. We just have to, like, record it and put it out there for public consumption. <laughs> <laughs> so what is this, episode 32? 32. Hey, 
Hey, we're well on our way. We are. We're well on our way to becoming pundits. We're pundits in the making. That's right. Um, my apologies to all the little people. I'll, I'll tell you. I'll tell everybody I knew you when. <laughs> um, okay. Should we do it now, Matthew? Should we? Should we? Should we move on? Yeah, I guess we got to talk about Saturday's game, game two. And by the way, it, it was it was Francisco Rodriguez. Francisco Rodriguez, right? Felix Rodriguez was a giant. He was a giant. That's why we were saying that. Yes, yes. Uh, yeah, and I was like, yeah. that doesn't sound right. I looked. It's Francisco yeah. Rodriguez. Right, Francisco Rodriguez. Right. Yeah, I knew there. Were, I think it was an Efrod. Was I was getting confused with, and then we had our own Efrod for a while. Yeah, yeah. Different guy with a different different trajectory, different different um, different legacies. Um, but anyway, yes, game two. So game two. You know, Gosman, uh, you know, he, is, he hasn't been the same mm. pitcher in the second half of the year that he was in the first half. Uh, most of that because it seems to have, have really lost the feel for his split splitter. Yes. Uh, and, and which has been, you know, in the first half of the season, it was one of the hardest pitches to hit in Major League Baseball. And I think it was like the number two hardest pitch to hit. Be, you know, I don't even remember who had the first. But anyway, literally, it was one of the hardest pitches to hit. And in the second half, it seems like you know he's definitely struggled to find the feel for that pitch. And today, there, you know, early on, especially, he didn't have the feel for it. Then he got into a groove and and definitely looked like the guy that we needed him to be. But overall, you know, he. Uh, he wasn't he wasn't the ace that we needed today. No, he wasn't the ace that we needed today. Not not to dominate and, and win the game. But I yeah, I mean to be clear, like I mean, I'm sure everybody knows what happened, that the Giants kind of got blown out, lost the game nine to two. But they were really in it for, you know, for what, five five innings? Yeah. And and it was a nip and tuck game. It was one of those high pressure playoff games that you expect in October. And and yeah, you're right. I mean, Gossman, Gossman looked like this the same old Gossman. Well, Gossman looked like he was an he kind of oscillated back before between the Gossman of the first half and Gossman of the second half. Yeah. What was interesting is that he did seem to finally write himself. At one point, he retired ten in a row. Uh, he was he was using his slider. Uh, for effect with it as his second pitch instead of going to to the, the split finger. The split finger, though, he did seem to sometimes be able to use to great effect. And so after getting into to trouble and and letting up those two runs, he was really look, starting to look dominant. But the thing is, he wasn't completely and totally dominant. He was not the same kind of dominant that we saw from Logan Webb the day before. And and while I think he pitched good enough to win, and certainly, you know, Dominic Leone comes in or somebody else comes in and finishes that inning in a different way, the game could have turned in a completely different direction. Yeah. And he absolutely could have, the Giants could have won that game for sure. I think that game hinged on the performance of Dominic Leone, really, but he came in to try and get Gossman out of trouble. And if Gossman hadn't gotten into that trouble, they never would have been in that situation. And if he, if he had pitched that way, sure, it would have bought the Giants more time. But at the end of the day, I think that's really what this is about because as I think Gossman pitched good enough to win. I'm not worried about him appearing in future playoff games for the Giants. To me, this doesn't look like a guy who's a sure loss. No. Right? No. And so I'm not really worried about him. 
And I don't think he was the main reason that the Giants lost today. Yes, if he had pitched well, he would have bought the Giants more time. He would have bought more time for our offense. Because our offense... <laughs> yeah, you only score two runs. You can't really expect to win. Right. And, and you know, that was... Uh, I think we've seen that. You know, I guess when you live and die by the home run and you score half your runs, you know, via the home run, uh, you're going to have days where you don't hit home runs. And right, right. and today was definitely one of those days where, you know, I, you know and, and not to like like uh, Wilmer Flores was trying. You yeah. Know. <laughs> trying to hit a home run. Uh, yeah. Yes. I mean, yeah, I he was, was. feeling the breeze in Sonoma County from uh, from from Wilmer's <laughs> swings, man. There was. Uh, I got a lot. Wilmer was not getting cheated this weekend on his swings. No, he wasn't. I I think. Look, I mean, it, it, I think. Well, so first of all, Julio Urias is a great pitcher. Yeah. I mean, he's a yeah, great twenty game winner. A, he's done. Yeah, he's got. Yeah, he's having a great season. And and you know, I was actually I went and looked at the stats, and I actually tweeted these out earlier, but mainly because they surprised me. Because you and I kind of think of him as being Giants kryptonite, right? Like he always seems to pitch really well against the Giants and and baffle our our lineup. Uh, but it, it, as strange it, it, as even though it seemed that way, the Giants were actually two and three. Uh, sorry, three and two in his starts against them this year. The Giants. Yeah, that amazes me. Won won three games in which Urias started. Um, the Dodgers lost six overall of his games. Right. So the Giants won half of those. So another testament is how great the Giants team is. Like, so even against the, the, the pitchers that seem to really dominate against them, they they have good success. But unfortunately, that isn't how it played out today. And and to me, though, it looked like the same Julio Urias that, that the Giants have seen time and time again, which is a guy who attacks the strike zone. He doesn't throw balls. And that's why they didn't get a lot of walks. I think, what, two walks today? Yeah. Six hits and two walks. Is that what they ended up with? And they um, they really just never put anything together. And, well, no. They did. They put one inning together, and then our our good friend Wilmer Flores, who was trying real real hard out there today, yeah, made the third uh, out at third base. Yeah, made the third out at third base. And uh, kids, I don't know how they teach baseball today. Um, I don't know if, if they're spending too much time talking to you guys about launch angles and and velocity. Um, so I don't know if they actually tell you this now. But you're not supposed to make the first or the third out at third base. It's just something you don't do. Yeah. And and, yeah. and the reason you don't do it is pretty logically obvious. I'm not going to point it out to you, kids. Like, go do the math yourselves. <laughs> it's pretty easy to figure out why you don't get thrown out at third base to end an inning. I mean, I'm not the whole game obviously does not hinge on that decision, but it was just another demonstration of how the offense, even when it got something going, it took itself out of that situation. Um, and I think that the Giants expanded their zone a little bit today. You know, they were swinging at balls and, and I think even going against their own well, I, their own mandate. I wonder how much of that is Angel Fernandez. Or Her Hernandez. Angel Hernandez. Hernandez. Thank you. Uh, uh, yeah, I, fair enough. Because you know, you know, he's got three inches on either side of the plate. That's like, yeah, why not strike? You uh, know, and you know, it kind of forces you to like, you know, expand your zone, right? Oh yeah. I mean, I don't. I we didn't put him in our notes, and and I really don't want to talk about umpires <laughs> too much. No. But you know, I think an umpire like that does deserve to be mentioned. Um, 
I thought what was interesting about Angel today was I felt like he was pretty consistent in the early innings. It felt like the man was really trying hard. He was really concentrating, and I think he established a strike zone, and he was calling those pitches pitches consistently. He was being stingy at the bottom of the zone. I think that's mainly because he can't see down there. Yeah. And I think he made I think he made uh, the decision. If I can't see it, I'm not going to call it a strike. And and so and and he was being pretty consistent about that for a while. He did make one really awful call against Gosman that was clearly a ball down and away. But I think a part of that was old school umpire like you're the pitcher. Just get out of my sight. <laughs> um and and I, I thought he was calling the bottom half of the plate pretty well today. There was one point where where Dave Roberts got really upset over a call that Urias did not get. I think it was against Bryant. But um, but it was fair because the Giants weren't getting that call either. I mean, and so like, like you know, Gossman wasn't getting that call either. Yeah, so I, I think yeah. you're right. I think I think, though, up in the zone, though, he, he as especially as the game went on, he was awful. He was his typical awful self. You know, he made some really just horrible calls. There was a ball that was like outside in a way that was called for a strike. And I don't even remember who it was for, but it was inexcusable. There was this ridiculous strike that he called against, I think, Bryant late in the game where Will Smith like practically stands up in front of Angel Hernandez, blocking his view and then tries to jerk it down. Yes. And Hernandez calls it a strike. It was just awful. I don't know why baseball can't just, you know, like how much money could the guy possibly sue you for? Isn't there an amount of money we could just pay him to go away? Well, and then maybe I we should do a crowdfunding. Maybe we, maybe we could, could do a crowdfunding where we just convince him to quit. Well, and then there, there's six umpires in a five game series. So stick him to start the series in left field and he never makes it to home plate. Like, I don't understand, like, yeah, why they I can't... mean, I don't know why he even makes it onto the postseason roster. I'm sure there's totally. contractual reasons yeah, for well, that. I'm yeah. sure there's, there's stuff, but there's that's, contracts. But that's, that. you know, this is a product that Major League Baseball is rolling out and on its biggest stage. And they, they, they put their, you know, a guy that's a liability that everyone knows is a bad umpire. And they put him in these crucial situations and it diminishes the product. And, you know, I know in an early episode I went off on, you know, robot umps but you know we have the capability no, no. of getting you, you you were in support of robot yes umps. no i i am in support of robot umps because we have the ability to always get them right and yet mm-hmm. we're okay with angel hernandez just you know m- you know getting worse as the game goes on and and that's just yeah not, yeah, not acceptable. it's true it's but, true angel hernandez sucks but bob yeah you know you know who else bob who else sucks our bullpen sucks oh yeah bob i remember when we asked you to record that that was long ago my man long ago and we never got to use it because our bullpen was pretty good (laughs) yeah it it, yeah but not tonight um, not tonight no it wasn't it it was uh it was feast or famine, and yesterday it was feast with Rogers and Duvall. Uh, today it was famine with Leon and Latell. And the one that worries me the most, actually, is is Dominic Leon, right? Because um, I, I know during the game, you and I had a little bit of a question, and you asked me, like, why is Leon even going into that spot in the game? And 
And I, I do think there was a little bit of indecision there. I, I think that that I think that um, Kapler was contemplating hitting for Gossman with nobody on base the inning before, but I think he had seen how dominant Gossman was becoming, and decided to make the decision based on whether or not there was going to be anybody on base. But earlier versions of Kapler would have batted for him there in that situation anyway, and then had Leon start the inning clean, right? Right. And that would have totally been Leon's inning. I think yeah. especially now that you have McGee back, you have Rogers, and you have Duvall, like each one of those guys pitches an inning and that gets you through nine. Yeah, that's a good point. Right? And I'm okay with Leon starting an inning clean. It's I get a little nervous with him coming in in high leverage situations. I mean, we get nervous when anybody comes into a high pressure situation. And let's face it, like that's the bullpen that they built. I, I, I was thinking about this more and I'm like, yeah, I guess they could have gone to like, who would have they gone to though? Well, I, I guess Alvarez, Alvarez is their fireman. Yeah. Alvarez is the guy who they go to when people are on base yeah. and they had already opted pie him. So I, I'm pretty sure they, they went to Leon because this is Leon's inning. Right. Not because of the situation. I don't think not because of the matchups, which is a little unusual, but they went to Leon because that was his inning. And I think that's why he was there. But I, and I have no problems with him being in that spot uh, you know but i do because i feel like you know the 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 new way of doing things is supposed to be you know looking at your roles in a more fluid way and you know there's no reason to you know save someone like Duvall for the ninth inning when you by the time you get to the ninth inning it's nine to two you know right why right. can't you bring I'm... in Duvall during a really crucial moment where you can't afford to let them score any more runs you know why don't you bring in your best relievers in those moments Right. I mean, well, I, I think it should really be based on the matchups and, and, and I think it should be based on the situation, right? Like whether or not you need a strikeout or a ground ball and, and, and historical performance against the pitcher. In an ideal situation, that's how it would work. The reason why you have aiming roles at all, though, is because you can't warm up guys on an instant, right? You have to telegraph these moves a little bit because of the whole warm up scenario. You need to give relievers need to warm up. And if they warm up too much, they end up getting tired and never being used, right? So that is one of the reasons why you have roles, right, is the whole warm-up scenario. Mm-hmm. Um, and so that is part of it. I, I, I do feel like it, you're right. I think especially when you're losing, you do, and in the playoffs, you do want to start thinking those things a little bit differently. I mean, the reason you put your closer last is because you put your, you put in your best pitcher there, and that is the most high-leverage situation uh, in most games because, you know, it's close. You're only using them when it's close and then and mistakes hurt the most in that situation because you have less outs to undo the damage, right? Yeah. That's why you put your best relievers there because the pressure is higher. The stakes are higher because you have less time to come back or no time to come back. And that's why you put your best relievers there. If Camilo Duvall is your best reliever at this point, then when you're losing and it's in the playoffs, then yeah, perhaps you should. But at the same time, you have this whole problem with with um, with uh, getting people warm. I really think that was a situation where they had wanted him to start the inning. They gambled and they let Gosman start the inning. And I think it totally backfired on them. So I think that was a little bit of Kapler not being Kapler. Yeah. And... and um, you know, I'm not going to call the guy on that. 
because I'm constantly yelling at Kapler about not letting the game tell him what to do, but letting him a piece of paper tell him what to do. And there he was going with the game. Yeah. Well, and it didn't <laughs> so, work. You know? you know, and it didn't work. But 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 nonetheless, here's the thing. Dominic Leone has been a guy who has worked himself into that position. That's his job. He's got to come in and get the job done. And certainly he is not expected to make it worse. And he absolutely made it worse. Dominic Leone stunk tonight. Yeah. He was bad. He lost that game for us. There's, I mean, you know, I know they were already losing at that point, but let's face it. That was the key moment in the game. And not only did he let the two runs that were already on the plate on, on you know, on base score, but he gave up a couple more. And, um, and it was just absolutely uh, a bad performance for him. And that's why it worries me, because now we have to be like, OK, was that just a fluke? Can we trust him to come back? Is this going to be a head case situation for him? Is there something wrong with his mechanics? Do the Dodgers have him figured out? Is he t- pitching, tipping his pitches? I don't know, Matthew. And now I'm all worried about <laughs> Dominic Leone. <laughs> Well, I, you know, it wouldn't be a Giants bullpen if we weren't worried about somebody. Yeah, yeah. But you know who I wasn't worried about? Who? Zach Littell. <laughs> you weren't worried about I wasn't about worried Zach about Littell? it because I knew Zach. I knew. You knew. I knew okay. that Zach Littell yeah. didn't have it. Well, you know, I'd known for a while. You know, I saw a statistic that was floating around on Twitter during the game that just blew me away. He has given up a home run to the first batter he's faced seven times this season. And that, that's, that's that? over. Have you verified that? That's over ten percent of his of his of his games. Four of those were on the first pitch. <laughs> and and uh, yeah, Henry Shulman from the you know, who recently retired from the Chronicle uh, retweeted that from somebody. So I you know I haven't verified it, but it, it doesn't. It, I wouldn't surprise but if me. Henry says it. It feels right. It feels. Henry's like everywhere. Like, agree. That's <laughs> right. It feels like Latell's giving up home runs in his first uh, batter seven times because man. <laughs> Like, Woo! That's not good. Not good. The Giants aren't supposed to give up home runs. That's 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 what's right. Makes his bullpen right, and, and guys they have they been sent away from the organization for less than that. So I don't understand why Zach Latell is still getting opportunities. I guess it's because well, here's you know, the thing. it's late in the season and they don't have any other options. But... Zach Latell cannot be trusted. Right now he he's dead. He's dead weight on. Uh, he's dead weight uh, in the bullpen. Yeah, yeah. For... I mean that's. I'm not saying. I'm not saying that they won't trust him, which makes which is even worse. But in my opinion. He cannot be trusted. So at best, he's dead weight on the roster now. And he never should have been on the roster in the first place. This is a real problem. They're down a reliever now. Zach Littell should not show up in a game unless it's a blowout. And if they have to bring him in, they're going to be forced to bring him in a do-or-die situation, possibly when their whole season is on the line, because they're going to stay away from him as much as they possibly can, and then only use him when they're forced to, like in extra innings, and now everything is going to be in his hands. <laughs> sure, no problem. <sighs> All right. Well, yeah, this is this is why I this is why I'm in my industry and not not in a baseball. Yes, this is why you're not a pundit. <laughs> this is why I'm not a pundit too. Uh, we're, we're fans, and and yeah. you, you know, speaking of fans, mm-hmm. you know, you and I have attended playoff games at Oracle. Yes, we have. We have. And we have. I, and and I have been. Uh, you know, one of my happiest moments uh, in 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 life was J T. Snow hitting. 
a home run in the bottom of the ninth against the Mets, I believe. Not, to... Yeah, that's really interesting. It's not nearly as happy for me as it was for you. Yeah, yeah. Well, um, why? Why? Well, because they lost the game. No, no, but... no. Oh, because no, no. because I can't count. That's right. I didn't realize that home run tied the game, That's remember? Right. That's right. Yes, you didn't realize that the game had been tied. But but I did, and I remember jumping up and down, screaming, the stadium just going nuts. I'm hugging strangers around me. Like well, I, you were hugging me, too. You I, hugged you me, too. too. Yes. I, you know, yeah. I hugged everyone. I was a hugger. I didn't know why you were hugging me. I was like, why is everybody so excited? <laughs> Why is everybody so excited? They're still down by a run. <laughs> and, and this is ridiculous. Seeing game one, the, I mean, the fans in game one uh, just reminded me of that and just how awesome Oracle is in the playoffs. Now, they oh, didn't have yeah. a lot to cheer about in game two, but game one, they were amazing. Yeah. Yeah, they were. And it is... It, folks, it, I, I know that the, the tickets are expensive and they, the opportunities don't come along all the time but um if you get a chance to go um to one of those games you you really really should um because the energy at that stadium is just amazing in those situations it's yeah it, it 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 is one of the most magical places to be i have been extremely lucky in my life um, as a season ticket holder and and just as a fan with means to be able to to go to a lot of those games. And, um, you know, every single one of them is magical. Even the losses, right? Like my, like my brother just said, like the, the JT Snow game, they lost. You know, uh, um, you know, the uh, I went to all three of the 2002 World Series games and um, um, one of them, you know, they, they lost one of those home games and then they won game game five and they were up three to two and they left. And, and I knew they were never going to come back to Oracle that year or whatever there was called at that point. Pac Bell Park then. Um, but it was st- it was just all so, so magical. It was such a fun place to be. And um, and uh, like I said, they're all they're all equally magical because I was at some pretty magical ones. I was at game seven of the, the against the Cardinals when they clinched uh, the pennant and the scooter rowing game. <laughs> In the in, I was an upper reserve, so I was getting poured on, uh, and it was it was super wet. But but what I'm saying is is that every moment is so magical and at that stadium, and if you get a chance to go, go, um, because because it really is uh, an amazing experience. And um, you know, I don't know what it's like at other parks, but but and I'm sure they're all great. But I really do feel like that is one of the unique places in baseball, especially during a playoff game. Yeah. And and you could totally see it. it. It was, it was. It seemed like that, but but on at an extra level in game one, right? Because yeah. of the whole Dodgers rivalry, but not just because of that, but because of this team and how special they've been this year, and how this was the moment where they got to show it all off, and then gosh, all those home runs, and it was it was magical. It was really great to see the fans do, because, you know, just this has been a hard couple of seasons, and, you know, the Giants fans definitely want to go out there and support their team, but there's been a lot of good reasons to, to maybe not do that as much as, as they would like, and, um, you know, it was one moment to forget about all of that stuff and really just enjoy baseball. Yeah. And it was, it was a lot of fun to watch. Oh, it was, totally. And... 
So we're kind of nearing the end here. Uh, looking forward to uh, the two games in Los Angeles. We know that that Scherzer is going on Tuesday for the Dodgers. Uh, as of now, the Giants have not announced uh, their starting pitcher. Uh, speculation, well, obviously, it's either going to be Wood or DeSclafani. And, uh, you know, my, my thought is that it might be Wood, uh, just because he's had the better... Go. I mean, Stasclavani has been kind of uh, has been hit around a couple times by the Dodgers this year. Uh, although mm. I think he pitched well in his last outing, so it'll be interesting to see who the Giants decide to put out there. Uh, and I, I'm sure it'll have to do with matchups and you know who they value more on the lefty righty thing. Uh, but on on Wednesday, uh, you know, whoever doesn't go for us on on Tuesday will probably go for the Giants on Wednesday, whether Wood or Stasclavani. Uh, right now, there's speculation that Tony Gonsolin would be the starting pitcher for the for the Dodgers in Game Four. I I, I have a hard time believing that. Uh, bullpen game. It's yeah. going to be a bullpen game. Yeah, they, well, they Gonsolin so may go two innings, right? And then they'll. Yeah, yeah. You know. No, the Dodgers did more bullpen games than the Giants did. Yes, they, they, they did. They, they they. It's going to be a bullpen game in Game Four. Which is kind of weird they, to think that they do a bullpen game in the playoffs. But you know, maybe you know, would they if they have a chance to clinch? Would they would they move up Bueller? Um, uh, Oh, that would be the... I hope so. That would be a horrible idea, Matthew. Horrible idea. I hope they do that. Yeah, well... I mean, bringing him back on three days rest, and he hasn't pitched well against the Giants two starts in a row, and he really hasn't pitched a great game in in a while. Uh, Yeah, yeah, do that. Yeah, yeah, Dave Roberts. Dave Roberts, do that. (laughs) All right, well, because of that, I mean, obviously he's not going to do that. So Bueller, I mean, we might look at a rematch in Game 5 if we get there. I think Game 5 is definitely going to be a rematch. I think Game Four is going to be a bullpen game for the Dodgers. I mean, they'll they'll go. I'm sure they'll go with Gonsolin and and be like, he's going to be our starter. Yeah, da, da, yeah. Da, da. But no, it's going to be bullpen game for well, sure. Well, I mean, at this point, every game's a bullpen game, right? I mean, if it's it's just yes, yes. I but know. I think that. But I think that yes. But they know. Right. They know what they're going to do. Yeah, they're not going. They're not getting eighty pitches out of Gonsolin, right? Yeah. I mean, they're gonna. Yeah, they know what they're going to do. I I think what would be interesting for the Giants, and this is a speaking of crazy ideas like Walker Bueller pitching Game Four. Uh, what about Wood and Disclafani stacking on top of each other? So you have Wood pitch like two trips through the lineup, and then you bring in Disclafani for uh, nine batters. Well, then who would pitch game four then? Bullpen game. Oh, all right. Well, I don't know if I'm a fan of that. Bullpen guess... game versus bullpen game. The best bullpen versus the second best bullpen. <laughs> Okay, well, I can get behind that. All right. You have Dominic Leone starting? <laughs> he's, yes. He's done it twice. Yes, he's the designated starter. Yes, yes. Why not? Why <laughs> not? Right. Uh, I know. I don't think that's the way it's going to be. I, I think, I think yeah, yeah, I mean, I, I agree. I, I don't know who's going to be, but obviously I think it's going to be Disclafani and Wood starting games three and four for the Giants. And and they'll go as far as they can. Uh, they'll have short leashes. And, uh, and you know, the Giants, uh, all the Giants need to do is win one. Uh, the Giants win one. They come back for game five with Logan Webb uh, starting for them at home. I think they're the clear favorite in that game. So really all the Giants have to do is win one of these next two. They are six and four this year in Chavez Ravine. Uh, so, uh, you know, I, 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 this, like the Dodgers don't scare me. I don't think the Dodgers beat the Giants today. I think the Giants beat the Giants today. I think the Giants beat the snot out of the Dodgers yesterday. I don't think the Dodgers have won a game yet in this series. I think they just didn't lose today. They were the better team today. Make no mistake of that. Yeah. The Dodgers were absolutely the better team today. 
um, way better than the Giants. But what I'm saying is, is I think the Giants just played played poor baseball today. Right. And and I think if the Giants play good baseball, um, they're world beaters. And uh, and I trust that they're going to win one of these next two games. And then Logan Webb will be there to to, you know, to, to close it up. And uh, beating the Dodgers in five games sounds pretty good to me. Sounds good to me, too. All right. Well, I think we should wrap this up. Uh, listeners, uh, You, we will be releasing this podcast on Sunday, which is a day earlier than we normally do. Uh, and then we'll be back with you. Uh, we'll record again on Tuesday night after Game 4 and release uh, the next podcast on, on Wednesday uh, prior to Game 5. And then hopefully there will be a Game 5 and we can uh, release another one uh, after Game 5 as well. Well, I would, I would, ta- I would take there not being a Game 5. And oh, nice well, that's true. Night. The option yeah. is yeah, well, maybe if I would take it if the Giants can can sweep in LA. Yeah, let's let's do yeah, that yeah. instead. <laughs> yeah, uh, yeah. But r- right now we will be back on uh, on Thursday or Wednesday rather yeah. with another podcast. So look for us then. Uh, in the meantime, go Giants and uh, Ben. It was a good chat with you. We'll see you again real soon. Cheers, my friend. Cheers, Matthew. Bye, everybody. Bye. Join us next time for the Giant Cocktails Podcast. Until then, bottoms up. <laughs> <laughs>